May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In 1939, in Germany and in countries occupied by Germany, Jewish citizens were required to wear a Star of David on their right arm in order to be identified as a Jew, to mark them as different, to set them apart, less than other citizens, not allowed to hold jobs, own businesses, or property. In Krakow, Poland, a 13-year-old boy by the name of Oscar would set out into town looking for food and supplies to help feed and care for his family. If he was caught out in the streets and couldn't get away fast enough, gangs of men would gather around him, call him a dirty Jew and other filthy names, trying to defend himself, but always outnumbered and outmatched, he would go home bruised and bloody. One day, tired of being treated as less than human on almost a daily basis, He stood there with dignity, and he pointed to his Star of David, and he told them, I am proud to be a Jew. The men in the group shuffled their feet, looked around, looked anywhere, then looked at this child who looked them in the eye and stood there proudly, facing the forces of violence that he lived with every single day. And they walked away, and they left him alone. I met Oscar this year at North High School, where he had come to talk to the students about bullying. He told me that his parents had always taught him to respect his parents, respect your friends, and respect your enemies. They also taught him that God was constant. He was there in the beginning. He was there with them in Poland and would be with them forever. That God loved everyone, whoever they were, regardless of what they looked like or where they lived. That everyone everywhere was the same race, the human race. Oscar survived the concentration camp, losing his father and other family members to the Nazis. When asked if he hated the men who murdered his father, his answer was, no, hate only hurts me. I am amazed and I am humbled by a man like Oscar, who lived through a time of incredible violence, hatred, and genocide of his family, his friends, and millions of others, 
and who, in spite of everything that he lived through and experienced, still firmly believes and teaches others that we are all, whoever we are, beloved children of God. In the Gospel lesson today, Jesus was speaking to people who were living under Roman rule, a country long occupied by Roman soldiers and Roman rulers, with all of the indignities and evil that was part of the daily life of those living as a conquered people. Turn the other cheek, give another coat, walk an extra mile. All responses, a profound resistance, a refusal to play the oppressor's game. And I get that. And it makes sense in the context of an occupied country 2,000 years ago, or even 70 years ago in Krakow, Poland. But what is the gospel telling us today? N.T. Wright wrote that Jesus' words were not just good advice, but good news. So what is the good news for us in today's gospel lesson? I don't know about you, but when I look at the gospel lesson today, I have to wonder, what is this all about? How can anyone possibly live up to what Jesus is telling us? Turn the other cheek. Give up your coat. Walk another mile. Love your neighbors. Love your enemies. And if that's not enough, be perfect. It's very uncomfortable. And it's hard to take seriously. It's countercultural, as someone said to me this week. We're being asked to do the exact opposite of everything that seems reasonable and normal. And it occurs to me that if the Sermon on the Mount and this gospel is not good advice and it's not how to behave, then it's about how we are supposed to live. Jesus is once again turning our entire world upside down and topsy-turvy. We are being asked to redefine our relationships with each other and in this world. Relationships that are not based on power and domination, but on love. We are being called to love as God loves. Not just those we agree with, or enjoy going out to dinner with, or our family, but the unlovable. Nadia Boltz Weber, a Lutheran pastor, says that she can just picture Jesus rolling his eyes right about this point and saying, I can't believe I even have to say this. And Eugene Peterson in the message ends this gospel lesson this way. In a word, what I am saying to you is grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live into your God-given identity. Live generously and graciously toward others. 
the way God lives toward you. We know how we're being called to live. We've heard all this before. Don't repay evil with evil. No turning away from someone in need. Share what we have. Every single person on this earth is one of God's children, our brothers and sisters. So cherish them. So at this point, it would be easy for us to shrug our shoulders and walk away from this message. Another feel-good, impossible-to-live-up-to, or achieve message. All we need to do is read the newspapers, watch the news, or just look around and know how impossible this all seems. War and genocide in Syria and the Sudan. The Ukraine is poised to explode into war. Here in our own country, children are shot to death because they play their music too loud. Children go to bed hungry because of poverty. CEOs who make millions and legislators argue over paying a decent living wage or funding health care. We are using our prisons to house the mentally ill rather than treat them. And in Arizona, we are creating laws that potentially could lead to persecution and discrimination of others, such as gays and lesbians and, yes, Muslims and Jews, or any other individual or group that doesn't fit into someone's narrow window worldview under the guise of personal religious beliefs. And then I remember Oscar and all the other Oscars out there who know absolutely that what they do and how they live and how they respond to others does make a difference. And it gives me hope that we too can make a difference each and every day in our community and in our world through our efforts and how we treat each other. As I talk about this today, I'm thinking about Kay Culbertson, and I don't know how many of us are out there that remember Kay. But she was a member of this cathedral who had a sunny smile and an infectious laugh and always made me feel like I was incredibly special. She died suddenly at a fairly young age, and her funeral was held here at the cathedral. The church was packed. It was full of people that had known and loved Kay, from playing sports with her in high school and from her college days back east. There were local politicians. There were business leaders. There were teachers. There were people from all walks of life. She crossed so many boundaries and influenced so many people. But also at her funeral, sitting in the very back, were gang members from Cesar Chavez High School. She had looked past the obvious, the tattoos, the clothing, the foul language, and the gang swagger, and saw the person, who they really were. She looked each of those kids in the eye and accepted them for who they were. 
beloved children of God. And they loved her right back. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus is not setting us up with impossible challenges and goals that we can't meet. We are being given a vision, a vision of a world where unconditional love is the order of the day, where we are not alone in this world with a distant, unloving God. Perfection is not about always doing the right thing, but about loving as God loves. We have all seen examples of people who have that capacity, who forgive in the aftermath of violence, random acts of kindness and generosity. We only need to look around and find them, the Oscars of the world, who have experienced the worst that can happen and can still speak to vulnerable children and tell them that each one of them is unique and of incredible value, that hating is always wrong, and that love is always the answer. So the good news for you and for me is that we are being called to follow Jesus, to spend our days honestly trying, maybe not always succeeding, But God wants our absolute best effort to live and love in the world as God loves you and me and us and them, the least, the lost, and the unlovable, completely, fully, richly, and oh, so abundantly. Amen.